Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our show, Option 4. We thank you for tuning in today. Uh, as always, I'm joined by the other half of the show. I'm your boy, Drew. The other half, GQ Nesto. How you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well. Ready to get this thing rolling. Okay, okay. We have a very exciting topic, in my opinion, that we want to discuss today. And I wanted to bring someone who can share some light, some expertise on it. Uh, man, she's a... Is that Esquire? Is that is that what? That's one of the what, ways you can address what, me. Yes, what? that's one of them. I'll read a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, today we have uh, um, Miss Andrea, Attorney Andrea, on the social media handles. Uh, but what we want to talk about today is this decriminalization of the Mary Jane, the sticky icky, the herb. But before we get into that, how you doing? I'm doing great. Oh. I am happy to be here. Very excited. How are you doing? I'm I'm, I'm good. Good. I'm alive. I'm healthy. Couldn't ask for more. Amen. And you're here, and we're Amen. about to get we're about to get into this. So tell the, tell the um, listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself. What's your background? Where where'd you grow up? So I grew up actually in Texas, um, but I've been in LA since. Uh, you're a cow- cowboy cowboy man. Sure. Yes. Uh, when we were good, I'm a fan. Okay. I'm a okay, wagoner, okay. Okay. So just you know. have to just make sure. <laughs> I mean, I live here now, so I'm Lakers and hey, Golden. Hey, you know hey. all that. But uh, yeah. go go what? what the Warriors? What? 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 Is that yeah, not okay? Yeah, but, is that too far? Is that too? <laughs> Lakers okay. was fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm whatever you know is doing well. I appreciate well played sports. So, but no, I'm from Texas. Um, I went to college out here. I went to Pepperdine. I stayed um, in Los Angeles for law school. Uh, the weather's good, obviously, so I stayed, and it worked out. I mean, it's a good city. It's a great city to, you know, get your career further, and you meet interesting people. So I'm here, okay. but I'm originally uh, from Nigeria. My parents are Nigerian. Okay. So strong culture. Go to school. Do this. Do that. You know, very overbearing, but with love. So um, that's how I grew up. I have two sisters. So was it the mom, your mom, or your dad that pushed the law? Like, what were you supposed to be? Like in some cultures, like. You're either going to be a nurse, you're going to be a doctor. So where, where did that come from? That is definitely how we were raised. It was like a doctor. I think I was going to be a doctor, actually. And then I got to college and decided to be a journalist. I wanted to be an anchor and be on TV, you know, get to dress up, all of that. My parents were like, absolutely not. What? You're going to go to school. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, higher education. But basically... It's funny, actually, my dad, he went to, he got called for jury duty when we were younger. And I think Nigerian society just has like a very different like law, you know, system set up. So when he saw the attorneys that were in the courtroom and just the antics and the banter and just the charisma, he was like, okay, one of my daughters, he had three, has three daughters, is going to be an attorney. So, um... I I don't know how it happened, but his influence somehow, some way, I ended up going down that route because they were like, oh, you want to be a journalist? You're going to have to go in the middle of nowhere. So I ended up going to law school, but it worked out because I, I love what I do. I love law. I think it's so interesting. I did well in law school. So it worked out, but it definitely was both of them. Mom is more aggressive. Dad is more subtle, but it was definitely his idea, the attorney idea, the concept. Yeah, it was definitely from him. Okay. What about your personality? Are you the sassy one? What, what was it that he saw the? Because obviously he must have seen some characteristics in you that were like, okay, she she can take the heat. You know what? I mean, yes, I'm a talker. I can be a talker. Um, I definitely charismatic. Definitely get along well with people. So I think when you're dealing with 
people on that kind of level, I mean, I think it's good to have personal skills because attorneys, you deal with people all day and night. This is service industry. I have right. clients that are real people, you know, even if they're corporations, their faces behind that. So I think it is important to have people's skills. So I know that's probably one of the things he observed. Um, I mean, and I can kind of keep myself very poised and, and calm in face of adversity. So the judge, you know, won't phase me because I'll be like, yes, yes, your honor. Like, it, you know, nothing phases me. We'll deal with it later. I think I try to just keep really calm and level headed in situations of of high stress. Um, okay. I mean, not to say that I'm not stressed at work all the time, but but when it really counts, I mean, I think he knows that I was level in that respect. Um, growing up. And what, what type of law is it that you that you practice? So I do corporate right now, represent corporations. So we basically help corporations big and small navigate the legal field. We do everything. Um, I personally like love learning different areas of the law. So I try to like make myself up to speed on everything. So. And exact. Okay. So when you say help navigate, are we talking uh, purchasing and acquisitions? Are we talking like what's in a ballpark, like, you know what I'm saying? For somebody who has no idea, like, oh, she says she does corporate law. But, <laughs> you know, but like, yeah. So what, like, an uh, example? Of- example, employment issues, right? So every corporation, for the most part, hires employees, fires employees. So there's legal ways to deal with that. Hiring, there's process, protocol, procedure. Just helping them even put together, like, booklets to even, um, you know, give to new hires or, or whatever it, it may be. Acquisitions, yes, they need contracts drafted, they need contracts revised, they need to negotiate different um, things, whether it's supplies, you know, whatever it may be. So we that's why I say it, it's pretty much everything because it's whatever they need that day, um, which could be research on something. It just, it just could be literally anything. So it's pretty wide. But basically our clients are predominantly corporations who need help, legal help, and just like staying out of legal trouble. What ta- I've done tax issues, don't love it, but I've done it. You know, just because if that's what the client needs, that's what we have to do. Um, slip and falls, everything. Are you are you passionate for a specific side of the law? Like, is there a specific side that you're just like, I think uh, that's that's my calling aside from, you know, just being a general overall attorney? Yeah. You know what? I actually love, love criminal law. I find it the most interesting and the most um the area that needs the most advocacy. Um, and I'm big on that because, you know, you have to go to bat for your clients regardless of, you know, what the background is, what their situation is. So when you take on a client, I, I take that very seriously. So I love I love criminal law just because I think it is an area that has so much room and potential to grow and change. Um, it's just interesting. However, I didn't do it because I just, I mean, I spent time at the DA's office and I didn't see myself um, staying there long term. I just didn't see myself on that side of you know the fence or however you want to put it. Uh, but uh, I, I could see myself later down the line getting back into criminal or being able to take criminal clients eventually. I could definitely see myself doing that. Do you ever see yourself like uh, progressing to that to that judge level? Or, or what is that that process? Like, is there a percentage of cases that you have to win before you're considered for a nominee, like a nomination like that? Like, how does that work? I've always had an interest in that. You know, I'm definitely interested in, in the judge track. Um, that is something that's not at the forefront right now, but always in the back burner, just because I think we need more judges of color, absolutely, on the bench. Um, it is really important to have representation, especially in such a powerful position. 
But um, it actually, no, you just need, I think it's like, it's like an X, a certain amount of years you have to spend, like whether it's seven or 10 or whatever. It used to be less, but now they made it more difficult. So you have to practice for X amount of years. And then, yeah, you'll need a few people to pull strings, call whatever they need to do um, on your behalf. But usually if you're on a lot of boards, if you make yourself accessible, if you are involved in your community, your name kind of, you know, will hit, will hit the, 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 the governor's the book eventually, exactly. Yeah, and then also you can also run too after you reach out. You can just run, um, you know, in a, in a local election if you if you want to. But it's better to have kind of um, you know support, like like with anything else. It's definitely um, it's it's a political position, so in a way. So so let me ask you this: like, is your attorney hat all day, every day on, or like, is there like a certain time frame where you just let me just unwind and let me just have fun? Okay, that's a great question because it's all about balance, right? Everything in this life to me is about balance. So it is really hard sometimes just because you're so in that mode and everything's like contentious and back and forth. But no, I, I really try to separate myself when I go home with my friends. Like I like to chill. I like to like not think as deeply. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like I let all my girlfriends plan everything because I'm not going to do it. I've had a long day. Right. So um, yeah, I, I definitely try to like separate from it. But like if we're out, you know, and, and something happens, an issue comes, I'm going to come at the forefront because, you know, I have the tools at my disposal. I have the education. So why not use it? You know, that's the perk. It goes home with you. Like, you know, let my boyfriend get stopped by an officer. Like I'm talking, you know, so. Um, <laughs> so it, does, does he fun. get it too? Like, does he get the whole, the whole, like, are you a little bossy with him? Like a little bit? I try not to be. Um, oh, you're definitely I'm, bossy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try not to be. I mean, with certain things, I think overall I am chill, but with certain things, yeah, I'm a woman and I am educated and strong and all those things. So like certain things like, no, we're doing it this way. <laughs> but, but I try to be easygoing because he doesn't do too much wrong. I mean, at least that I've noticed. So. Yeah, it's, you know, now, did you train him or he came like that? <laughs> <laughs> just just throw it out there. <laughs> um, I, I'd say a little bit of both. Okay. No, I, I'm big on character. So anyone that I associate with, I, you know, I've assessed their character to a degree, um, you know, part of the lawyer skills that I have. I was just about to say, that, yeah, okay, I got it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm a good judge of character. So he came with, you know, good skills, good home rearing, upbringing, all that fun stuff. And then I also um, can teach. I'll say teach, not train. Is that better? Does that sound better at all? That sounds yeah. Sound yeah. Better. Redirect. Redirect. Yes, redirect. <laughs> redirect. That's good. That's yeah. a good one. I'm taking that. Yeah, redirect. And he, he doesn't practice law? No, he's in tech. Okay. All right. That's interesting. If he wasn't doing law, what would you, what would you well, say? Well, something? let me just say this. I would never, I would, I don't like dating. Male lawyers to me are a whole another planet. Like, no, I'll just keep in my lane. I, I could not. I don't think I could. It's just that we have a lot of like ego and personality. And I feel like the men, no offense, guys, have more than we do. So. It'd just be like playing table tennis all night. <laughs> <laughs> Low key, yeah, yeah. But it's funny um, that you you uh, brought up that uh, criminal law. You have a lot of interest in that, and like I said, that's why we're here today, because uh, I no longer stay in this area. But being down here, I see like dispensaries on every corner, right? And everybody knows if you've been if you haven't been living under a rock that you know the Mary Jane the herb is. Pretty much, it's legal. But what I think about is everybody that's behind bars because of a marijuana-related offense. Now, what I, from what I hear and what I understand, it's not just solely marijuana why they're getting all these long sentences. It just happened to be, that's just tagged to whatever offense 
they got, I guess, charged with. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like the association of it. So what happens to those those inmates and those people um, behind bars uh, for a marijuana-related charge? And you got everybody out here making millions of dollars on the weed. So I'm behind bars, but you got everybody on the streets doing what I'm behind bars for. Uh, can you shed a little light on that? Yeah, definitely. So it would be, I think what you were trying to say is that it's an enhancement, right? So if you, you get stopped for something else or you're like you're holding a weapon or whatever, then you have marijuana on you, it will enhance and increase your charges or, you know, whichever one carries more. Yeah, it, that's a whole, a whole crazy um, issue. But the reality is with law, law typically, when laws are made, they don't typically retroactively make changes, right? So I, what I mean is when a law gets made, let's say tomorrow, um, for the people that have already been charged and convicted and, you know, found guilty of breaking the law before it changed or, you know, based on the law at the time, typically those things aren't overturned. Now, some laws do um, put a caveat in effect that retroactively going back X years, you know, these people will be, the charges will be dropped. But unfortunately, marijuana is one of the um, issues that I don't think um, we've had enough uh, you know, push back in that area. So what what's happening now is that people are aware of this, right? People are in jail currently for marijuana sentences for 10, 20, whatever years, because federally it was a class one, like it was the same level as like, I think heroin or, or whatever, right. meth, one of those, you know, drugs. So it was taken very seriously. And obviously the charges that accompanied that were very serious as well. Um, so unfortunately, the reality is that more needs to be done or is kind of starting to be done to look at the those individual cases and start overturning um, some of those convictions and start trying to re, you know have resentencing hearings and all of that. But the court is so backlogged from COVID from everything. So I mean I don't know how close on the docket it is, but I think it's something that's being looked at. It's just unfortunate that you know that they had to suffer those consequences when now, like you said, people are making millions and it's. More unfortunate because a lot of the people who are mostly benefiting from the legalization of marijuana are people who were never affected by the, you know, when it was criminalized. So, you know, they didn't go to jail. They didn't serve sentences. They were out making money in other aspects. And now they're using that money to, you know, start a cannabis business. And it, it, it's it's just really sad how it how it played out legally. I don't think it's, you know, one of our finest hours, honestly, cr- on the criminal side. Yeah. So what, and so you hinted on it. So it was uh, the resentencing. Um, I I believe I, I, I when I was doing research upon this topic, there is an opportunity for people to do so, but is it costly? You know, how do you obtain that representation if you want to go to the whole like, hey, let's let's relook at my case and see if I can get out a little earlier? Because I, I heard that 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 could be or there is an issue for some inmates. It's like, yo, I don't even got the money to pay for this, and then like you said, it's a backlog. So what options are available for people who actually want to look into something of this nature? So with criminal law, cost is always, always going to be a factor. Criminal law specifically can't be paid. Um, you can't pay your attorney's fees on contingency, like with other, some type of other laws, like personal injury and all that car accidents. You can, you know, pay them after you win your case. So criminal law, you have to pay up front and the costs are, as you can imagine, very steep. So you're right. That is a major barrier. Um, um, we have wonderful public defenders that are available. We have legal aid clinics, and I advise everyone to research and go in their city and, and you know, just whether you're in Chicago, wherever, Chicago legal aid, Los Angeles legal aid. I think most states have their own legal aid centers. The problem is it's just they have so many 
people to serve client, you know, uh, so it, it's just difficult to get to them all. So it is hard. Cost is definitely, definitely a hinder, um, you know, hinders um, getting justice sometimes, really, unfortunately. I mean, there are resources, but the reality is the better attorney you have, the more he'll, he or she will advocate for you, the more they'll go to bat for you, the more they'll be able to get things done and push papers and, you know, make moves. So the reality is um, if you're not able to afford it, just try to reach out to, you know, people who there are big firms who also do pro bono work. So it's just it just takes a little bit of research. So whoever you have outside, you know, your family, friends, like have them research, have them make some calls. It definitely takes some work, but there are options. There are public defenders. There are legal aid clinics. There are, like I said, firms that do, you know, big law firms that have a certain amount of hours that they make the associates dedicate to doing work that needs to be done, work like that. So so, so with that being said, I mean, you, 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 you mentioned a couple of things that kind of just turned on a couple lights in my head as far as like, you know, you being in the DA's office before and experiencing, um, you know, different sides of the, of the law, right. Um, on the public, you know, on the, um, government side and obviously as a, as, on the corporate, but what are your thoughts on obviously, uh, public defenders? Cause obviously there's a, there's a big misconception about, uh, people saying that, um, he just barely passed the test, you know, like he's not going to defend you or like certain things like that. And then um, do you think that there's a, a huge disadvantage in that or is just a, a myth? I think there are wonderful public defenders. I think the issue is they are overworked and there's only so much you can do in a day. And as an attorney, I can tell you, we are so like overwhelmed with work. It's like emails and calls and then and then your actual like substantive work right so we're spread thin as it is so i can't imagine which is one of the reasons criminal law is definitely something i want to look at later on i just can't imagine you're dealing with someone's life someone's future someone's child someone's mother someone's father in your hands right and you have i don't even know how much is on their docket but i don't blame them i mean the reality is we're all human and there's only so much we can do with that said i think there are phenomenal public defenders who are able to get things done to make moves it's just a matter of funding because if, if they were paid more too then you would encourage more people to be interested it's 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 i think it's just one of the areas that needs to be over overhauled criminal defense just because um when you can look at the numbers and you look at you know whether people are satisfied with representation that that's where you get the idea from are people satisfied they're like hey my lawyer didn't do enough and maybe that person just really tried their hardest but it's just so spread thin that you know that day they couldn't do enough but that's not enough when you're dealing with someone's life when someone's right. freedom someone's liberty so you know i i get the stigma with it but I, I i know a few public defenders and i know they work very hard i just think it's it's tedious work it's hard work it's demanding not only like physically but emotionally and when you when you pack that all in one i mean they do what they do for a reason um they, they obviously have to love what they're doing because you're not paid that well it's not easy um, you know, you're fighting aggressive uh, district attorneys all the time, like DAs who are hungry to get convictions, you know, who want to get justice. And right. it all just depends on, on what side of the, you know, coin you're on. But I mean, I think that we are blessed in California with good public defenders and, um, you know, who are just trying their best. You don't do no pro bono? I do. I do. Actually, I do. I do. I do. Okay. It, it, it's hard. I try to balance, but I definitely have taking on, you know, minor things, misdemeanors, I will definitely help out where I can, you know, evictions, whatever, unlawful detainers. I, I try to touch every area. Now, what are some myths that that people have about, like, 
you know, I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, this uh, law system is designed for you to, you know, uh, settle, you know, and, and not fight for certain rights that you have, uh, especially on the criminal side. You know, a lot of convictions come from people taking a deal versus actually going to court. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you believe that's true or, or do you actually believe that there's just a lot of misinformation on a lot of people's behalf that they just find it easy to just settle and call it a day no i think you're right that people do often take a deal right but the reality is we have to remember that yes a lot of people are wrongfully imprisoned but a lot of people actually did stuff so they're in jail you know for a reason and they know that oh i'm getting this deal i better take it because if we go to trial i don't know if i'll be able to prove you know or i'll be able to poke enough holes in the prosecution's theory because i actually did it so i i think um you know, people who are maybe eager to take a deal or whatever, it may be because they know like, okay, let me take this deal because it will be less time in jail, you know, easier sentence. At the same time, there are people who have felt pressure to take deals. And I think that's definitely a problem that needs addressing as well. Because if you are innocent, you should have the full protections that are afforded to you under the constitution, under the like under law. And you shouldn't feel intimidated or, or forced or pressured to take a deal, especially if you didn't, you know, if you actually didn't do it however if you did i mean deals sometimes are better because they want to get it off the docket they want to free up court time so they'll give you a little bit less time slap on the wrist whatever the case may be so i think it just it's context specific it depends on the individual you innocent you know definitely maybe not rush to a deal and 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 try to fight as much as you can but if, if you did it sometimes i think <laughs> if you did it just just you know. cough it up it's good <laughs> you know you know to, you know try i mean fight for a good deal though that's on the your attorney needs to make sure that he or she advocates for you and pushes for the best possible deal even if you did it you know because you did doesn't mean you're a you know your whole future should be messed up so you definitely want to be cognizant of oh what's what's on my record like you know what will this be on my record will it not well this is something i'll be able to expunge and all of that so that's definitely things you should consider when taking a deal so so i have a question and, and i kind of would like for you to have your future judge hat on for this particular because uh who, who, how many months did he get remember we were talking about that the guy from uh uh the capital riot oh he got uh five years Five years. I don't know if you heard about that guy that the, what was his name? Oh, wow. I want to say Conroy or Conrad or something like that. But basically, you're going to tell the story? Well, like well, the well yeah, tell, tell the story. Because okay, I, so, I'm just curious to see if, if that was a fair deal or he actually got the shitty end of the stick. That's okay. all I'm saying. So everybody know about, you know, what happened at the Capitol, right? So there was a gentleman. He went and assaulted a police officer early in the day, right? For some reason, they detained him. They let him go. What does he do? He goes back <laughs> and insults and an, assaults another um, police officer. Naturally, so yeah. yeah. So now you know what I'm saying in court, and um, they're like, like, what happened? Well, he was like, well, I, I just got caught in the moment. You know, <laughs> I just felt like it was just something that I had to do, you know. And uh, so the officer took the stand and he was just like, I don't feel that this gentleman uh, thought about me, my family, my children. And uh, dude got five years, five years. Um, do you think sufficient amount of time? Because he's like, ah, oh, he he do good behavior. He'd be out in two. Two, right? <laughs> and I'm like, months, two. You know? But like, Plus you know, he was, he was given a chance. Like, oh, like, 
Okay, so let's go into detail. <laughs> so, for one, he was African-American, right? He was African-American, assaulted a police officer at the Capitol rise, got released, and goes back. And now he's in jail. I felt like he had to do it. I was just like, if he that happens, if that happens, you get released. You better, <laughs> you better just enjoy it because that doesn't happen often. But sure, on a serious sure. note, what would, you, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I mean, the point of sentencing and spending time in jail is to deter conduct, right? To deter the conduct from happening. And I honestly think what happened on January sixth was was absolutely outrageous um, from so many perspectives. Um, just from like law and order, basic, uh, and then basic respect, right? Like I'm African, respect is a big, like a big culture. They were like defecating and doing all this stuff inside of like, <laughs> it, it was too much, it was too much. And, you know, I mean, assaulting an officer that's there to keep the peace and all of that. Um, it I, To me, I think that everyone involved should be sentenced appropriately. And I think longer sentences to set an example is, are not necessarily a bad thing now. However, he was African-American and we historically have longer sentences imposed upon us. So that's problematic. So if you know that's something and it's something that's so hard to gauge, right? Because what are you gonna say? You have to really lay out like, oh, how many white people were sentenced, you know, for the same crime as how many white people, Hispanic, you know, whatever the case may be. So, I mean, I think that in that particular situation, like you said, I don't think he'll necessarily serve all five years. Told you. Like, so it doesn't matter like, though. Like twelve One day weeks. Is too 12, 12 you know weeks. What I'm, I'm not trying to spend any time. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No. You know no. What I'm like, no. 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 Five. Five is long, but I yeah, think because he's the first. About this. Like, come on. <laughs> I think they're trying to set an example, and and that's kind of where judges come from. Like, what did you do? Did you have an opportunity to turn your you know situation around? Did you do it? Did you not? So I think with him, like I said, it's an example. He may not have to serve the full time, but at least now he has a conviction on his record. You know, life's not going to be super easy after that, even if he does serve two years. So I mean, I think it's harsh, but but what happened that day was. Is not something we want to happen again in five years. So, and the point of, 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 you know, sentencing is technically deterrence. So, I mean, I think he'll be deterred, hopefully, from coming back a third time if he had the chance. <laughs> at, at the same time, I mean, it, you know, you have to sentence as fairly as possible. So it is a delicate balance. So you, you think it was fair? I think it's on the longer side, but I don't know all the facts, so I would have to look at that. I have to look at what sentences, you I know, it. Mm. you know. But it's it's on the longer side. But at the same time, I mean, what happened is unprecedented. So I don't have an example to say like, hey, you know, five years ago, so and so did it, and he only got two years. So yeah, I mean, I, what they did was pretty outrageous. And like you said, he had an opportunity to leave. He came back. So I mean, you know, we all make choices and we deal with the consequences. We're all adults, so he's dealing with his all right so let's bring it back to the herb though right let's bring it back to the herb so if you had to if you had to prepare an argument on why marijuana shouldn't be legalized what would you say shouldn't be legalized if i had to if you had to I would say it shouldn't be legalized only because, like any other controlled substance, um, it does have effects on the body, on the mind, which can affect the society at large. So the reality is, right, if we don't know, marijuana has been on forever, that's number one. But because it's been prohibited federally, we really don't have like 
an extensive amount of testing to show the effects, like how detrimental, how, you know, how good, how bad or whatever. We do have we do have studies, but we don't have, I think, the amount that we could have if it was decriminalized. But that's another point. But my point is, if there is potential to cause harm to the society at large, then it's something that needs to be regulated. So if like, you know, get so high, you have a car accident every week or, or you get so high, you're at work and then now you're mishandling machines and causing people to lose fingers, then yeah, I guess that would be an argument to criminalize marijuana because, hey, this is not only affecting the individual using, it's also affecting the society at large, his coworkers, the public, you know, his public streets, he's driving now, he's like, you know, high or whatever, he or she. So I, th- I guess that is why it's been criminalized for so long, just because it's a substance, it affects your body, affects your thinking, your you know reaction time, whatever. Studies say, I don't know, I'm not an expert in this, but I will say, I think that's probably the argument. And my other personal argument, why it should be uh, like, why you know it should be um if i had to argue why it should be criminalized is because the only people making money off of it now the people who are mainly making money unfortunately are the people who who um were always like john boehner used to be a former like the speaker right he is like big in the cannabis industry and you know he made some of the laws that kept people in jail for decades so i mean i don't understand why now some people get to now benefit um, from from you know marijuana who who caused so much harm to individuals for just mere like use so I think that's one thing but that's a stretch and that's if I had to make that argument I guess you know I would just say we don't have enough research to know the effects and we don't want teens using it we don't want people using it and causing harm okay all right so what would be let's flip that hat so why should it be made available and legal? Because we live in America and this is a country. <laughs> but what is it? Brave, free, home, all that. She so, had it ready. She yeah, had it ready. Yeah, she was yeah. like, a bad. <laughs> now that one, I got you. No, the reality is just like with alcohol or any other substance, we all, again, this is a free society. We can bear arms, right? So we should be able to decide as adults, as individuals, what goes into our body. We decide what we eat when we wake up for breakfast or we eat for dinner. So it's the same type of thing. I mean, I don't think that's something that should be controlled because it was here. It's a natural substance on earth and people can decide. You don't have to smoke. And if you want to, you can. And again, just like drinking, just like anything else, like people, you know, pop prescription pills, like there's just things people do. It's maybe not being your best interest. And maybe it is because again, we don't even know enough to, I think, definitively make that determination. And I think if the ban was lifted, it would also make way for more investigation and research to be done, like on like openly, broadly at the federal level, we can see what marijuana could actually do as far as cancer, illness, this and that. So, I mean, I think there, um, and obviously the economic argument. Do you um, have some stocks on the, on the- on the weed industry because i mean i'm pretty sold she's she's like legit on this i should but no 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 um no i i just you know we're i think america advocates freedom and liberty so that's that's our our foundation right as an attorney we study constitutional law like that's that's what we're taught that the society is built upon and as long as it's not something detrimental that's harmful you know, to others or, you know, extremely harmful to yourself, I think it's a decision that's personal and should and should and you should be able to choose. So, I mean, I, I don't think they need to control like just so many aspects of, of individuals lives. So that, that's how I feel about it. And yeah. I think you might be ready for a political career because I feel like you're saying it, but you're not saying it, but you're saying it. So I, I, I think that I have I li- strong opinions. Yeah, yeah I, li- I like that part because I mean, that's the hard part now because you have all these people that are like very old school with all these values right so it's kind of hard to just say fuck it just smoke a blunt you know versus like no this affects your 
reputation, your persona. So as an attorney and potentially being a judge in the future, how do you see your position um, in that aspect without obviously affecting your career and your beliefs? I mean, luckily, right, I'm blessed. I live, I live in a state, one of the many states I'll say that, you know, um, it is not only medically allowed, but it's recreational. And I'm not saying luckily for any particular reason, other than, again, it's more of a freedom thing. Individuals can choose to do what they like. People smoke cigarettes, terrible, right? So, uh, you know, and I'm not going to go around with a plaque telling everyone not to smoke cigarettes. So I, I, I think um, most of, like you said, the youth, the younger percentage of the country are, you know, pro, pro choice in most respects of anything. Right. And, and I think the reality is having it federally criminalized caused a lot of confusion because there are 19 or what, what is it? 30 something, there are 37 or something states now, like as of maybe two months ago that allow some form of like medical marijuana use. And there are other states that allow recreation. It's a, you know, Colorado. They got cocaine or something like that too, and I think what is it, Oregon or something like that, or Oregon what? or, or Seattle? That. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you don't quote me on that, here. but no, but they had some, they had some weird like, uh, it wasn't weed, <laughs> but it was legal. So I think they're kind of aiming towards a whole different direction. I, I, I don't know, but well, wasn't it in what you say in Sacramento where they got get high houses or something? Oh like yeah, that? yeah, yeah. They, they have they actually have spots. Uh, I think it was San Francisco, San Francisco or no, L.A. It was actually here in L.A. where it's designated like go shoot yourself up, you know. Um. Oh, yes. Like the safe space is like, OK, yeah, that's it. honestly laws typically want to protect the public interest. Right. That's the idea. Unfortunately, we don't really make laws like until stuff happens and then we try to make laws to prevent it from happening again. But like the idea, my understanding of that law is that. If people have safe spaces, you know, controlled environments, it would lead to less deaths, less injuries because, you know, ambulances will be available um, because it kind of goes to the same idea that people are going to do what we want. I think that's just human nature. So it goes beyond law. I mean, there are certain limits of that. Obviously, if you can't, you know, go around harassing, stalking, murdering, God forbid, people, you know, there, there are limits. But when you're making an individual choice like that. It's something that you yourself have to conquer and deal with and battle. So it's something so personal that, you know, I don't think taking away not having safe spaces is super, you know, beneficial. At the same time, I don't think we should be encouraging people to shoot up in a certain Like who's area. funding that, you know? I guess probably us. Taxpayer? Unfortunately, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. Mm. Nah, I, you know, I I don't never try to put nobody business out there or anything like that. But I got a question for you, right? So I mean, do you do you partake in little herbs? Is can y'all do that? Like you know, like I know it's legal, <laughs> but like you know, like how does it work? You know, because of your position, yeah. you know, there are certain expectations, you know. So yeah. how does that work? So I'm the type of person. Just personally, I like to be controlled at all times. I like to just be very level with everything that I'm doing. So for me, what's your birthday? It's January 22nd. I am an Aquarius, the best oh. sign, the most chill sign, the coolest sign, the realest sign. But um, no, the reality, yeah. But the reality is, no, for me, I've just never been a person big on like, substances drugs whatever like you know i i drink socially and all of that but no for, brownies or you know gummies um, i just i'm not that cool so oh, okay so no i'll say 
I definitely don't like frown upon it. I definitely don't frown upon it. I I don't frown upon it. But the reality is like, no, I'm just very like type A. Like I need to be in control of my mind, like for 80% of the time. Like I'm like, I have a few drinks and I'm like getting woozy. I'm like, nope, we're, we're stopping right here. Like I can, I can make that decision. Um, and then also like my parents are Africans. So they were just always crazy. Like, oh my God, you, you marijuana. Like, you know, it's it's like cocaine, you know, in, right, in, right. in their eyes. So heroin or something crazy. So yeah, I, I, it's just not... Um, yeah, it's just not. But at the same time, like, to but you're down own. for it though. That's a good thing, you know. At least that's a good thing that she's. she's <laughs> I'm pleading the fifth on this. She, she, she doesn't do it, but she's down. You know, like it's good. That's fair. No college stories, not like that. College no. stories. Let's see. Sure? I went to Pepperdine. Okay, we're a dry campus. I mean, obviously, like we circumvented that to some extent, right. but it was it was pretty regulated. Yeah. Awesome. I didn't have any like crazy fun. No, unfortunately. Let me think. Hold on. So yeah. who's fun? You or or your uh, significant other? <laughs> I like to say I'm fun, but I oh, mean, shit. Um, and it's a wrap, huh? You know, there's other stuff you can do. For <laughs> I do like rap. Yes, I, I, yeah, I'm a female rapper. Absolutely, like on the side. Oh, so, yeah. bars? No. I just sure. recite Megan's Megan's bars. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. I was about to drop a beat for you. Oh, no, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Right. <laughs> after, after I got shot. So is, that, is there like a little pregame that you do before trial? Like, like maybe listen to some Megan Stallion or something crazy that like gets you in the mood and then you're like that. Absolutely. Ready. I get hype on all what my female it? rappers. Um, I think I haven't been to court in like a couple of weeks, but I would say last time was like Lotto, but definitely like rappers. Like I'm big on um, <laughs> Young Dolph, let his soul rest in peace. Um, so he always gets me like, you know, hype, like, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, like fixing my lipstick, like listening to rap. Put like the hoop earrings, everything. <laughs> 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 no, I tone it down. Yeah, because I was about to say like, so, okay, you said Young Dolph. That's yes. A, that's hood hood, right? I love him. So how do you turn that switch off when you go in a courtroom? Like, because, you know, Young Dolph make you want to go up in a courtroom like, hey, this how it's going to be today. You know, you using your hands and stuff like that. How, how you switch that? How you switch that off? No, they be like, excuse me, Andreas. <laughs> you know? No, it's all about balance. Like, as I'm saying, people are, to me, are multifaceted. Like, yeah, I listen to rap. Like, yeah, I wear crop tops, like, up to here, you know? And I can still go to court and I can represent myself and carry myself very well. I don't think, you know, we have to be stuck in these boxes. Like, yeah, you can smoke weed and, and still, like, you know, be a professional unless, unless your job requires testing, then you can't. But um, I think... For me, it's just like I'm myself thoroughly. So whatever I, you know, I'm comfortable with, I'm not gonna hide that or mask that. Like it, it, you just kind of have to um, be professional, right? I think that. Do you change your voice? Do you no. go from like, no? No, I talk okay. like this all the oh, time. I, I just talk proper going though. Okay. No, no, what he's going. So what he's going. Okay, so maybe you notice your parents. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. I, what I, I shared the story of when I was growing up, I can always tell when the bill collectors called my house because my mom's voice changed. So she can be like, hey, yo, yeah, we about to go do this. We about to pull up. But when somebody important called her when it was business, I was like, oh, yes, uh, absolutely. I would, you know, and we were like, I was always wondering why, why we got to use the white voice. That's what I call it, you know, but yeah. he says you're mirroring whoever you're speaking with and it de defuses the oh, situation. For sure. For sure. I mean, I feel that to me, I always try to mimic their voice tone, uh, the way they're talking, and it just makes them feel more comfortable to open up. Obviously, in the court system, 
I even learned because of my own, I'm not even want to talk my experiences, but me going there, you don't want to talk too much. You know what I mean? Because they hear people talk all day, right? So you have to just go in there and I, I wouldn't say be submissive to another person's way of talking, but just mirror them, mirror them and you'll have a better outcome. At least that's what I think. It works for me. I don't. I don't know if it's something common that. So I mean, your voice change. I, I think. I think we we a little bit all do that to some extent. But no, honestly, with me, I just talk like I hate when people say this, but like I guess proper. I moved around a lot. My dad worked for like this government for CDC, so we moved around a lot, and I never really picked up an accent. Like I lived in the South. I was born in Florida. Lived in Georgia. Lived in Texas. Or California. I just never picked up an accent, so it always is kind of flat. I do not change it. So what's your court voice? Like. Good morning, Your Honor. Andrea Ogantula on behalf of the defendant, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Like, just, just strong. Just, okay. Like, obviously, like make I'm your presence here. known. I'm here. Yeah, especially when you're younger as an attorney, too. You want to, like, garner as much respect as possible because they're not about to play me. So, I mean, like, obviously, I talk, like, you know, <laughs> slang, whatever. <laughs> but I think I'm just well-rounded with it is how I think of it. Like, yeah, you adapt, though. I think what you said is right. You adapt to your environment, right? So, if you're in a very laid-back environment, I don't imagine you using your most proper voice because it's, like, at the same time, um, I think you should kind of stay true to who you are. So, if you talk, like, because it just looks inauthentic and then even after you get you know in court though that's different okay if we're talking about court that's, yeah your right? best you put your best suit on your best tie i hate when i see like defendants in the courtroom like you know kind of sagging or whatever i'm like i don't care what you do on the weekends but in this court you're going to impress this young man or this this man or woman on this bench and you're going to you know get what you need to get done because you don't want to be you don't want to hinder yourself your right? shirt. No. yeah <laughs> no as attorneys you tell your client like when you have a hearing whatever like dress your best like be to the t's and not if i have to bring a jacket for you i will because the reality is you don't get a second chance to make a first impression and that goes with the court Very too true. and the judge is human and they make judgments so appearance does matter i mean i think it matters but it really does matter um, so I would say, you know, best foot forward or whatever, but no, you don't have to fully change who you are. Like, no, why you were born this way by the grace of God. And that's, you know, what it is. So if you look like you don't care, why should I care? Mm -hmm. Kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's cool. So, okay. So we got turn up Drea. We know she likes, you know what I'm saying? Young she don't dog. smoke, but she'll roll it. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I make them perfect blunts, but show hit me up. No. But now nah, with you being in law and stuff right now, like, do you find it like everybody's hitting like your homies, like your inner circle? They always coming to you for advice. Like, I know Dre going to know. Do, is that annoying? Or are you like, yo, I'm off. Like, I just put in like 12 hours a day. Now you hit me up like mama calling me with a problem. But baby girl, what should I do? <laughs> you know, how how you handling that? Or is that something that's common right now for you? No, it's real common. I mean, that's always going to happen, right? They know you're a lawyer. Uh, the reality is there's very few percentage of, of lawyers, especially black lawyers, right? So I know like my friends are, you know, don't, I mean, besides the ones from law school, don't necessarily have those resources. So to me, actually, I'm pretty good about answering the question just because I understand, um, you know, how it is not to have access to that information. And if you're in my circle, if you're my friend anyway, then I want to help you, right? I want to support you just like I expect you to support Hey, we got it on that. tape now. We got it on <laughs> tape now, hey. <laughs> Let's certify this right now. But it's a small circle, you she know. Said, she no, said pro bono too. <laughs> 
But no, no, no. I honestly, I actually, one of the people who don't really get upset. However, I had like a really stressed day. I'm going to have to call you back. And I hope I remember to call you back. But other than that, no, um, I, I answer that. My other friend, like poor thing was in an accident the other day. You know, she's calling me, sending me pictures like logistically. And I'm happy to answer because I, I, you know, I care about my friends, my people. I want us to be able to have access to this knowledge that, you know, necessarily was gate kept or we didn't have before. So. Okay. Now I got something else because I just have something just bubbling in my mind. Uh -oh. So I know you got, I don't know how, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to assume. So I don't know how you financially uh, got through college and law school. But when I want to talk about these, the student loan forgiveness, is it is it fair? Is it unfair for somebody who, let's put that, put that law hat on. Let's oh, put, it that, is. That, no, I'm, no. Anything that can benefit, especially like students. She said who, no. <laughs> no, like no, the student loan, absolutely. I, I would honestly go to say we more can be done, should be done if possible. I mean, it's it's very difficult. It's not as easy as like Biden just saying like, hey, we're going to, you know, erase 50,000 50, G's off your student loans. It's, it's not that easy. It is a process and he doesn't have as much power as you would think. So I'll say that at the same time, like. I am pro getting rid of as much loans and debt as possible because the reality is we all who you know have that debt you have to go out in the world you have so many other issues so many other things coming up things are so expensive inflation and things are only getting more expensive so anything that can limit the debt we have especially like as as young people who are starting our lives trying to buy homes trying to do better trying to leave assets to our children our future our lineage yeah yeah i am for like definitely for at the same time you're it's it is like oh where does that money come from there are all those questions but um i mean they'll make it work they always do so, yeah. Okay. All right. Did you give anything? Corporate lawyer, right? You obviously, obviously you deal with a lot of, like you said, firing, hiring. Um, this whole world is kind of crazy. So my question to you is, where do you, s well, first, let me, let me back up. Do you consider yourself with a lot of empathy? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm an Aquarius. So, We're just like humanitarians. Okay, so yeah. so with that being said, do you find yourself in situations sometimes where you're, let's just say somebody got fired and you know maybe they have a, a case, but you're obviously representing the other party. So what do you do in that situation mm -hmm. as far as um, being able to cope with knowing something that's bullshit versus... Something yep, legit. Yeah. No, it's hard, it's hard at times, but I think as long as you try to be as fair as possible, right? If someone's injured at work, right? Um, like legit injured, legit at work. Um, yeah, and and I would advise my client to be realistic, not only with the potential jury consequences, but just like be a human too. Like this person was hurt. This person can no longer use utilize their arm fully or whatever the case may be. So at the end of the day, you as their employer had control of their actions at the time they were injured and usually the corporation has the money to assist right but, but you were hired to save money though yes 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 but i'm still saving you money because if you go take that to a jury trial in california you could get multi-million dollar settlement so the reality is you're not only like you know being a conscious humane employer but what if that person doesn't have the access so he doesn't know that they can have that much leverage I mean, t I will say there are a lot of good um, plaintiff attorneys all around. Los Angeles has like one of the highest capital of attorneys in the country. So there are, I feel like there there is fair amount of access, but you're right. Not everyone has that. Not everyone knows that. Um, 
But the reality is I'm always going to put, you know, my client first, whoever that may be, which is why I try to do pro bono work, do other things. So that way it's a wide range. It's not just like, you know, for a, you know, a corporation, a company, whatever. And some of these corporations are smaller companies too. I've had cases where, you know, it's mom and pop and they get hit with like absolute like nonsense, right? Also for lack of a better word. And I have to assess that and get them out of the situation as fairly as possible to both sides. You know, when you're an attorney, you're also dealing with typically another attorney or you're dealing with someone who's representing themselves who the judge is going to look at like, hey, did you take them for a ride too? Because you're the one with the knowledge. It's a lot of knowledge and a lot of responsibility too. So no, I try to be fair because at the end of the day, like, you know, I have to go home and sleep with myself. So I'm not going to be like, you know, we're going to take everything. Like I, I don't try to be aggressive in that way. At the same time, you want the best result for your client. So I definitely advocate. I think, again, it's like a fine line. It's, it's not black and white, especially with law. It is about looking at the whole Situation. You, you don't look like an attorney that likes to lose. So I, I could imagine that being a, a problem, you know. But a settlement's not a loss necessarily, right? A lot of the times I'm saving you money long term if you settle now. Because think about it this way, too. If you don't settle, you go on, let's forget trial, but if you go on for like six months, right? You're paying attorney's fees, heavy fees. So I'm saving you money, too, by you settling, you know, sooner rather than later, if you are in the wrong. Now, if you're if the company's not in the wrong, then we're gonna take this thing all the way. Like, no, no, we're gonna poke holes in every, you know, point and we're not just gonna be like taken for granted just because, you know, the money may be available. So again, it's all about like knowing your facts, knowing your case, knowing your your I look at the medical records. I can assess whether, you know, this person was really injured. Like, wow, like what if that was me? What if that was my mom? What if that was my dad, my sister, my cousin? So I mean, I think it's important to be fair and ethical. And they teach us that. I don't know if all attorneys follow that, but I try to. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. What is your because we're we're coming to the end, so it's something I want to ask you. What is your uh definition of success and do you believe you've attained it? My definition of success is to be satisfied and I hate you know saying the word happy, but the reality is if you are comfortable with your life, whether that's your career, whether that's your partner, you know, your kids, I think as long as you are pushing forward and having good experiences in all aspects of your life, I feel like that's success. Um, you know, it's not always monetary. However, if you have a passion you're pursuing, that comes along with it a lot of the times. So success to me is just having a good mental state, you know, which is hard to do. I'm not saying you wake up and you're just happy. We all go through emotions and different struggles, personal struggles, interpersonal struggles, but just trying to strive for 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 more. Um, and, and for me, I will say I have a high like standard for success just because of the way that I was raised. Um, our parents always just wanted more and more and more. And I like nice things. I've gotten to the point where. So you're bougie. I, I'm not bougie. <laughs> I like nice things. Okay. Um, and honestly, I think I have like it's more okay. to go. I I, yeah. I see those eyelashes. So I'm like, you know what I mean? She rolling up, rolling up in court. Like, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's all personalized because some people are, you know, content with and again, we're in America too. So think about other countries. Like I've, you know, I've been in Nigeria, I've been to other countries, been to DR, Haiti. People just have different like exposure of, you know, what what's comfortable. Honestly, I'll say Costa Rica is one of the happiest places I've ever been. And I wouldn't say they're like, you know, super rich or super that, but they have healthy food, healthy air quality, healthy family, like, and they're just, you know, happy naturally. And I think they're, they feel they're successful, you know, in, in at least the people I spoke to. I think it's all just kind of relative, but for me, it is a high threshold. I will be honest. Um, 
I want a lot out of this life just because um, you deserve. <laughs> no, I really want to leave a lot to my unborn children. And, 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 you know, you just want to get the best out of this. We don't really know what's next. You know, I'm Christian. I have faith. But the reality is you want to, you know, enjoy this as much as possible. I think we can all say that. So that's success. Just being happy in the moments, you know, having goals, setting more and and, and hoping you, you get there. Yeah. There's levels to this shit, you know? Th that sums it up. Yeah, there's levels to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we, we come to the, the end of our show. As I do all the time, I open up the microphones uh, to our guests and to our other half of the show, GQ Nesto. And we're going to start off with him today. All right, GQ Nesto, is there anything you want to share with our listeners and our viewers? Yeah, I definitely want to throw it out there that um, I know times are, hard, times are hard regardless of, you know, what industry you're in, but... Just keep in mind um, this quote that I was reading from uh, Tony Robbins was uh, uh, where the focus is, is where the energy flows. So that, that kind of hit me. I was like, shit, I've been focusing on the stupid shit. So um, I think it's time to just um, take things for they for what they are and, and, and you know, invest in the right things, you know, because your brain, uh, you want to feed it good things versus, you know, a lot of. Uh, stupid unnecessary things that you know just create stress so well that's basically in a nutshell miss andrea i will first thank you both for being here it's been great talking to you both getting to know you a little bit more sharing you know whatever i can share i hope any knowledge i was able to provide today um is helpful to someone somewhere i encourage anyone watching listening to reach out to me um like i said my social media is attorney andrea pretty much on everything um dm me my email's there um you know i do try to make time for pro bono and actually mentorship so if anyone is seeking that um please reach out but no you heard it at option forward. She said pro bono. <laughs> like, <laughs> subscribe and get a link. <laughs> just just to get to certification. Sleep, okay? yeah. I still have to so, sleep, so let's balance this. Okay, I have to still go to Alta. You saw it in this episode. So, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> All right, well, once again, we want to thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully, we share some information that you can actually gain from. Uh, a lot of things requires a little bit of research and a little bit of effort, uh, regardless of what situation you're in. Uh, put the effort in and you should get the result that you're looking for. But uh, we love you. We thank you. Look for us on our social media platforms. I'm your boy, Drew. Option four. We out.